3,463 emails in your inbox. Constant notifications throughout the day, sunrises, sunsets, warm blankets, fresh out of the dryer, ice cream, pickles, dogs, cats, fuzzy socks, cheap toilet paper, poor customer service, and Chick-fil-A being closed on Sundays when that's the day that you want heavenly chicken the most, right? Just think about your life, all that it consists of. And I could go on and on and on with a list of all the things that you think about and worry about and all the things that make up life here and now. This is your world, right? This is the world that you're living in. We call it life. But did you know that there is a whole other world happening all around you? There's life exploding all around you that you probably never even think about. You don't even know exists, but it does. So you've seen uh, cats and dogs and lizards and donkeys, but did you know that we live in a world where there are things like unicorn whales? These are norwals. Have you seen the Venezuelan poodle moth? This is, this is the Glaucus atlanticus. It's known as the blue dragon or the blue angel. It's a sea slug. See, we live in a world where there are things like the panda ant and the goblin shark. This is a thing of nightmares. But so is the eye eye. This is a lemur. And of course, you've seen the blobfish, the Japanese spider crab, and the red-lipped batfish. Did you know that there are deer that have fangs? This is a tufted deer. And then the Dumbo octopus, the Patagonia mara, did you know that there was such a thing as a Yeti crab? Uh, and we can't forget the naked mole rat, right? Yeah. See, there are places on our planet where animals like this live, but there are also places on our planet where the water lights up. It's called bioluminescence. And it's water that's filled with algae, and when you stir it and when you move it, the algae lights up. This is, this is in Australia. You can actually go kayaking in Mosquito Bay right off Puerto Rico in this glowing water. We live on a planet filled with water that seems to be teeming with life. And speaking about this planet, we live on a ball that's hurtling through space, orbiting the sun at 67,000 miles an hour. This earth rotates on its axis at 1,000 miles an hour. And, and you've all seen the, the model of the, the solar system where the, the sun is in the center and then the eight other planets are rotating around it, eight others because Pluto's no longer a planet anymore, nobody cares about Pluto, but there's eight planets that are rotating around this stationary sun, but that's not actually how it is, it's more like this, where the sun is hurtling through space at 448,000 miles an hour and the planets are racing to keep up with it. This is what is currently happening right now as we're sitting in a skating rink. We're traveling at 548 times the speed of sound through space orbiting the Milky Way. And that's just one galaxy out of billions of other galaxies. We live on a planet where a rock that's a quarter of a million miles away, has a relationship with the water here. This rock that's a quarter of a million miles away determines when the tide rises and when it falls. We live in a world that's filled with things like love and lust and greed and hope and envy and jealousy. 
and all these intangible things. Like, this is the world that's exploding all around us. But so often, we miss it. We're not aware of it because we're so focused on life. Bills and taxes and calories and uh, Netflix and all the things that consist of our life. We miss this greater world that's all around us. And so my hope today is to help you see this greater world. You know, just under 3,000 years ago, there was this guy who uh, was, was living his life. He was, he was caught up in life. He was focused on the things that, that you and I are focused on, life, his world. And then there's this moment where he caught a glimpse of something far greater. He, he caught a glimpse of this whole other world, this thing that's happening beyond, behind the scenes, this thing that, that's real and now and here, and it changed everything for him. And my hope today is uh, to help us look, look beyond online dating and Facebook messages and our phone and what's for dinner tonight to see this whole other world that's going on within our reach. So if I've done my job today, then I'm gonna help you see that there's a whole other world, there's a whole other life that you could be living that God has called you to live. And if you'll do your job today, you'll take a step to begin to live in that world. So uh, like I said, just under 3,000 years ago, there's this guy named Isaiah. And uh, he has this moment where uh, he sees this whole other world happening all around him. He, he, he catches this glimpse of the spiritual world. Here, here's what it says, Isaiah chapter 6, verse 1. In the year that King Isaiah died, I saw the Lord high and exalted, seated on a throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. And so, pause real quick. Isaiah says, I, I have this vision where I'm in a temple, and in this temple, is this massive throne. There's like steps leading up to it. And seated on the throne is God. John, one of Jesus' followers, had a similar vision, and he gave a little more detail on it. He said that in his vision of this throne in this temple with God seated on it, he says that there's cracks of thunder and flashes of lightning coming from the throne. And so Isaiah has this vision. He sees God seated on this throne, high and lifted up, and there's cracks of thunder, flashes of lightning. It's terrifying. And he says that the train of his robe filled the temple. Now, real quick, uh, the train of a robe was, was something that indicated uh, importance or prominence or royalty or honor to whoever was, was wearing it. And so oftentimes kings would wear a, a, a robe and then there'd be a train that followed them. And the longer the train, the more important the king was, the more honorable the king was. Isaiah says, I had this vision where I saw God seated high on the throne, high and lifted up. Again, John says there's, there's cracks of thunder, there's, there's flashes of lightning, and then his train filled the entire temple. Not just a little bit, but it like filled the entire temple. What Isaiah is saying and what this image is depicting is that God is higher than any of us. God is more important. God is more honorable. God is more noble. God is greater and grander than all we could imagine. His train fills the temple. And I want to point this out real quick, that God is the one seated on the throne, not Isaiah. 
God is the one seated on the throne, not you, not me. How often do you have to come down off of the throne and place God where he should be? For me, it's on a daily basis. I have to wake up on a daily basis and remind myself, he's the king and I'm not. I say those words, God, you're the king, I'm not. God, you're God, I'm not. You're on the throne, not me. I wonder if you just pause and reflect and just think about your life and how you're living your life. Who sits on the throne the majority of the time? You or God. Isaiah says, I saw this throne and high and lifted up is God seated on this throne. And then he goes on to give us some more details about what, what's happening uh, in this moment. He says, above him were seraphim, each with six wings. With two wings, they covered their faces. With two, they covered their feet. With two, they were flying. And they were calling to one another, holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. And at the sound of their voices, the doorposts and the threshold shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. Pause. Imagine this. Now, again, John, one of Jesus' followers, he saw the same thing, and he saw these same creatures, and he gives a little more description. He says these seraphim that have six wings, they're actually covered in eyes. He says one of them had the face of a man, the other the face of an eagle, the other the face of an ox, and the other the face of a lion. And so he's there, Isaiah is there in this moment, God seated high on the throne, there's cracks of thunder, flashes of lightning, his train fills the robe, uh, Isaiah says that there's smoke now in here, and then there are these weird creatures flying around, praising God, saying how holy he is. And maybe you hear that and you're like, wait, that sounds weird to have creatures like that. Look, I just showed you pictures of things like naked mole rats and goblin sharks, if those things exist here on earth, I'm sure those creatures could exist in heaven. And so, so this is what Isaiah says, sees. He sees these creatures covered in eyes, flying, one with the face of a man, one with the face of an eagle, one with the face of a lion, one with the face of an ox, and, and they're praising God. Just, just pause and, and, and think about this. If one of these animals, one of these creatures covered in eyes, six wings, the face of a lion, flew in here right now, like flew in and landed right here, what would you do? You'd freak out. We'd run. We'd be terrified. And here's the thing. Those creatures are terrified of the one who sits on the throne. Those creatures are honoring the one who sits on the throne. Those creatures look at the one who sits on the throne and they say, oh, holy, 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 you, it's, it's you, it's you, it's not me. We'd be in awe and amaze and mesmerized if one of those creatures came here right now and be like, oh my, and, and you knew it wouldn't hurt you. But, oh my goodness, look at that. But those things, those creatures are looking to God. Oh my goodness, look at them. They're in awe of the one who sits on the throne. And when they cry out, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, Isaiah says that the, the, the doorposts are shaking. It's like an earthquake. 
is going on. The temple is filled with smoke. Let me ask you, if you were there in this scene and you were there seeing what Isaiah saw, how would you respond? You see God high and lifted up on this throne, cracks of thunder, flashes of lightning, smoke is filling the temple. His train fills the temple. It's shaking and you see these creatures. If you saw God in this moment, if you were there, how would you respond? Would you shrink back? Would you fall to your knees? Would you cry out, woe is me? Because I'm a man of unclean lips and I live among a people of unclean lips and I have seen the Lord Almighty. Would you think that you were going to die in that moment because you came face to face with somebody who was so holy, somebody who was so good? I just think we... I just think we'd cower, we'd drop, we'd. If you witness this, God seated on the throne like this, do you think you'd be so preoccupied with bills and calories and who said what on Facebook and online dating and whether or not the car needs an oil change. I mean, sure, all that stuff is important. But man, like, what would, what would shift in your life if you really saw God for who he was? Uh, Isaiah sees God. He says, woe is me, for I am a man of unclean lips, I'm ruined. My eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Isaiah thinks he's going to die because he's in the presence of pure holiness. And then it says, Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongs from the altar. With it, he touched my mouth, and he said, See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away, and your sin atoned for. Let me ask you, if you actually saw God for all that he is, what would change in your life? Would you still see him as a genie in a bottle there to answer your commands, demands, and wishes? Like if you really saw God in this moment, high and lifted up on the throne, when it comes to his word that's available to each and every one of us, would we still say, I don't really like reading that much? If you really saw God for who he was, high and lifted up on the throne, would you still say, I don't know, it's going to be really nice today. Maybe I'll go to church, maybe I won't. Hey, you made it. If we really saw God for all of who he is and all of who he was, would we just continue to pray powerless, pitiful prayers, hoping that maybe somebody hears it? No, no. What would change in your life? If you caught a glimpse of God high and lifted up on the throne and you saw him for all his might and all his power, if you began to see him like those creatures saw him and they're terrified, they're in awe of him, they're mesmerized by him, what would happen if you really saw God that way? And not as some old man in the sky who, if you do good enough, he'll like you. What if you really saw God for who he was? 
and out of some cop up in heaven who's waiting to bust you every time you do something wrong? What if you saw God for who he really was and not as some cosmic being swirling around doing something somewhere, but he couldn't care less about your life? What, what if you really saw God for who he was? How would your life be different? Would you be so consumed with the life, all the things that we just listed earlier, or would your eyes be open to this whole other world that's happening all around? What if you saw God for who he really was? And let me ask you, what if? What if God actually forgave you? Like, like that seraphim flew to Isaiah, he touched his mouth with the coal, and he says, you've been made whole, you've been redeemed, you've been made right now. What if God actually redeemed you and restored you and made you whole and forgave you? How would you live if that was your reality, where you were forgiven? You were not a sum total of all your mistakes, but you were made new. You were redeemed. You were restored. You were made right. How would your life look differently? Let me ask you, if you're a Christian, you have been made right. You have been redeemed. You have been restored. You have been forgiven. Does your life look like someone who's redeemed, restored, made whole, forgiven, or are you just caught up in life, living for here and now, letting the worries and anxieties drive your life? Are you living for something greater? Are you living for something more? How does your life look here and now? And if you don't know, I, I, I want to tell you, you have been forgiven. You have been redeemed. You have been restored. You have been made whole. See, 2,000 years ago, God stepped down off of the throne, and he put flesh on to live amongst us as the person of Jesus. And Jesus lived a perfect life, a life we can't live. And Jesus died the death that we deserve. When Jesus went to the cross 2,000 years ago, he was arrested, he was condemned unjustly, and he was murdered. Something supernatural happened there where Jesus, the Son of God, God himself in the flesh, took your sin and my sin on himself. Everything you regret, everything you're ashamed of, all the things that you've shoved in the shadows and you hope will never get out and nobody will ever know. I hope nobody figures this out or finds this out. But Jesus knows all of it and he took all of it on himself so that when he died on the cross, you could be forgiven and you could be made whole and you could be restored. So you don't have to live in fear anymore. You don't have to live in shame anymore. You don't have to live in regret anymore. You don't have to live just for today. Like, you've been bought at a price, the blood of Jesus, so that you could be forgiven and made whole. If you really believe that, if you really believe that, wouldn't your life look different? What we're going to do right now is we're going to take a moment to remember the sacrifice Jesus made for us. On your chair or maybe the chair next to you is a cup. And in that cup, there's some juice. And then uh, on top of it, there's some bread. It's a cracker. Uh, that, that bread reminds us of Jesus' body that was broken for us. The, the juice reminds us of his blood that was shed for us. I, I want to invite you, just whenever you want, feel free to take and eat and drink and be reminded of the grace upon grace that God has given you. That's why we do communion every time we meet on a Sunday. And when we start meeting every week, we'll do it every single week. Not as a ritual, but as a reminder. Because I don't know about you, but I need to be reminded of God's grace and that he loves me. I need to be reminded to live up to the life that he's called me to. 
I need to be reminded sometimes to jolt out of my everyday life existence to look up and begin to live for something more, something greater. And maybe you've never made the decision to accept Christ, to say yes to him, to be baptized into him. If you've never made that decision, man, I want to invite you to make that decision today. Uh, we have this form that you can fill out. Just give us your information, and uh, there'll be a QR code up here that you can scan. But if you need to make that decision, uh, I want to invite you to scan that QR code and let us know there's an option there that says, I want to accept Christ and be baptized. You let us know, man. We'd love to have a conversation with you, talk to you about what that next step looks like, and help you in setting that up. If you've never made the decision, man, my hope is that today you would come face to face with the God who loves you and calls you to something greater and say, I'm going all in because I've caught a glimpse of him. I've, I've seen how he loves me. So, and the thing is too, even if you're a Christian and you have accepted Jesus, you have been baptized into him, I wonder, are you living like there's this whole other world that exists this whole other spiritual world. Are, are you living in a way where you know God has called you to more and you're living that out? Or is it just like, no, I'm the one sitting on the throne. It's really about what I want and what I need. You have a choice to make. Who will you live for, yourself or God? You have a choice to make. Who's gonna sit on the throne, you or God? You can't both sit on the throne. There's not enough room. If you really caught a glimpse of God, and all his greatness and glory, how would your life look different? See, Isaiah, uh, Isaiah catches a glimpse of, of God, and then um, he's redeemed, he's made whole, he's restored, he realizes that there's something more to live for, and then he overhears this conversation that takes place in heaven. God says this, Isaiah 6, 8, then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send, and who will go for us? It's like God is saying to the, the seraphim that are there and all the other angels, he's saying, hey, I have this mission and I need somebody to go on this mission, so who, who will go? Who, who should we send on this mission? And Isaiah's response is this, and, and God's not even talking to Isaiah. God's talking to the seraphim, he's talking to the angels, he's whatever. Isaiah's over here, cowered down, having just been cleansed and redeemed, and he hears God say, who will go for us? And it's almost like there's silence. And then Isaiah says, I'll go. I'll go. Send me. Send me. I believe God is saying to us, who's going to go for me? Who's going to go on this mission? Who's going to break out of living for themselves and begin to live for me, live for something greater? Isaiah says, I'll go. And then God tells him what the mission is. He says, okay, here's the mission. You're going to go spread the news about me to people who aren't going to listen. You're going to go share the good news about me to people who aren't going to care. Your message is going to fall on deaf ears. That's what I want you to go do. And that's what Isaiah does for the rest of his life. He spreads the good news of God. And people don't listen. I believe God is looking at us today and he's saying, hey, who's gonna go for me? Us starting this church right here, man, it's ridiculous. It's insane. If you ever wanna start a church, I highly recommend you don't. It's a lot of work. It's tough. 
But our grand opening is March 20th, just 14 days from now. I'm wondering who will go and spread the word. We're in the process of starting this church, and I'm so glad that you're here. I'm so glad that you're uh, sitting in these seats. But I want to invite you, having caught a glimpse of God and his goodness, to move beyond a seat to getting involved in serving. To say, I'm not just going to come and see what happens. I'm going to come and participate and partake and be a part of what happens. I want to invite you to join our launch team. You can find out more about that as you exit. There's going to be some people in blue hoodies. Those are our guides. You can talk to our guide uh, about how to take your next step in this journey of beginning to serve and contribute as part of journey. But God says to Isaiah, who's going to go? Isaiah says, I'll go. So I wonder, who's willing to raise their hand and say, I'll go. I'll, I'll do whatever you want me to do, God. And if it's you, I just want to give you a test. Again, our grand opening is March 20th, 14 days from now. So here's the test, 14 and 14. As you exit today, you're going to get a stack of invite cards. In that stack, there's actually 15 invite cards. We gave you a bonus one for extra credit. Here's the test. Will you go? Will you spread the word? Will you invite 14 people in the next 14 days to be here for our grand opening? That's it. I'm not asking you to go on a mission for your whole life and share the gospel and, not, and nobody's ever going to hear you or listen to you. I'm not asking that. God might, but I'm not. Will you go and spread the word and invite 14 people over the next 14 days to be here at our grand opening? You may have noticed that um, we got a lot of chairs out. Um, and if you've been to the past sneak peek services that we've done, uh, we had different chairs. We were borrowing them from uh, a couple other churches. Uh, but these are our chairs now. These are brand new chairs. We ordered them back in uh, late November, and we finally got them this past week. Something about supply chain, stuff like that. I don't know. But we finally got them. We have 145 chairs that are set out right now. We ordered 240 chairs. There's 94 more chairs that are not out because we didn't have the capacity on our trailer to put them all there. We have 240 chairs that we're going to set up next week because we're expecting that many people. And I don't know what you see when you look around and you see these empty chairs, but I want to I share with you what I see. See, this chair here, this chair is for a 16-year-old girl who thinks that her worth is summarized by her weight. And she thinks her value is in what people say about her and not what the Savior says about her. And she needs to be here to hear that there's a God who loves her and that her value is far greater than what her waist size is. I see these two chairs here. I see a husband and wife who their relationship is so brittle, it's about to break. And not only have they 
thought about divorce, but they've talked about divorce. They've even looked into getting the paperwork. And these seats are for them so that they can come and meet a redeemer who specializes in resurrection. To know that there's hope and they might be able to save this thing. I see this seat right here, right next to him. This is for a 24-year-old guy who's trying to find meaning and purpose in life and he's doing the best that he can, but he's going down all the wrong routes to find it. And he needs to know that there's hope in Jesus and Jesus knows the way that he needs to go. But he's not here right now because he hasn't been invited yet. I see these chairs here. This is for a family who, like, they are trying their best to get by. They are trying their best with their kids. They are trying their best, and they just feel overwhelmed and busy and burdened, and they're just trying to make it to the weekend. And if they can make it to the weekend, whoo, they finally get a break. But they need to be here to know that there's a community of people that cares about them and that they're not in this alone and that they're loved and cared for. I hope somebody will invite them. I think about these chairs back here, this chair right here. It's for, for the guy that you work with. You know him. He he comes into work and then he leaves and drinks and then he comes into work and leaves and drinks and he comes into work the next day and leaves and goes home and drinks on and on and on again just trying to make it to the weekend you work with this person you sit next to him every single day at work but you need to sit next to him on a Sunday I wonder if he's going to get invited See, when I see these empty chairs, I see potential and I see possibilities and I see invitations that haven't yet happened. And I wanted to set out all these chairs for you today so that you know we have the capacity to seat people. We have the ability for people to come and meet God and be transformed and changed, but these seats will never get filled unless we say, here I am, I'll go, I'll say something. Because these are people that you know, your brother, your sister, your coworker, the person that you're in class with, your friend that you hang out with. They need to be here on March 20th. I wonder if you're willing to say, I'll go. And I'll extend an invite. Would you pray with me? God, we thank you so much for your grace. Grace upon grace, your love, your mercy. My hope is that this morning we caught a glimpse of something far greater than what we often turn our attention to. Oh, that you are calling us to something more. Help us discover the more that we were made for. Let us take a step and say, yes, I will go. 
because found people find people. If we've been redeemed and been given the good news, God, let us share it with others. Let us not have empty seats on March 20th because we know people who need to fill them. And we're going to go and we're going to spread the word. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, well, thanks so much for listening. My hope is that you are inspired by what you heard and your inspiration would move you to action and you would want to join our launch team. You can check out more information and join our team at thisisjourney.church. You can also give there to support the ministry. You can sign up for our prayer team to be praying for what God is doing in and through us. But my hope is you'll join us and get in on the ground level because the journey continues. <laughs>